James chapter 5, and I will read. From verse 17. And I will read also verse 18. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. I will read the same scripture from the Amplified Version. Elijah was a human being with a nature as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. And... Then he prayed again, and the heavens supplied rain, and the land produced its crops as usual. I will read from the NIV version. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, the earth produced its crops. I will read from the New Living Translation. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. There's a lot in just these two verses, but the Spirit of the Lord wants me to take you to from here, if you can keep one hand on these two scriptures, the book of James, and then we will go to um, the section where it actually happened in the Old Testament, which is in um, the book of First Kings, chapter 17, which I just gave you, or we can go there. I want to highlight here something very important. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. If someone just reads just these two verses without the Old Testament there, they can completely get lost and they can completely build a doctrine out of this thing that uh, any human being who just prays, you know, has the power to um, bring rain and stop rain and they can preach all they want till the day they die. It will not happen. It cannot happen. Just because someone is a human being, And just because someone is praying, 
It doesn't mean whatever they say is going to happen. But we just go to the previous verse, verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That's one section there. And then the next section comes. The prayer itself, praying for one another itself, has to be earnest prayer. And if the prayer needs to be heard, the context here is, if your prayer needs to be heard, you should be a person who is uh, a true nature on the inside, which means a person who is sincere on the inside, which means a person who has integrity on the inside, which means being real. A person who is real. Now, you can't say that I'm real, so I'm sinful, I'm real, so I'm proud. No. Being real is knowing your actual state. That's the fundamental place, the foundational place, the beginning stage where someone can actually begin to um, even think about climbing upstairs. If that integrity is not there, you'll go nowhere. Nowhere. You'll be like getting into an elevator that's not working. A lot of times people want quick fixes. I've said this many times and I will say it again and again as long as I'm alive. This church is not a magic place. We don't do magic shows and Pasakirba is not a magician. And again, Raghatala International Ministries is not a magic place. Pastor Kirba does not do magic shows here. And Pastor Kirba is not a magician here. Bearing the anointing of God, I stand here to give the truth that comes from God. And when the truth is taken seriously by an individual, which means they have faith and they have integrity, to do it exactly the way they are told to do it, then your miracle will take place. Not everybody who comes here will get healed. Not everybody who comes here will prosper financially. Not everybody. This is not a place of magic. It is not. Satan will do magic to take people to hell. He'll give you quick fixes. He'll say, come here. I'll take this away. Come here. I'll give this to you. Come here. I'll do this for you. That's what Satan will say. You come here. You know, there are a lot of Meditation groups that are out there. There are a lot of self-healing groups that are out there. And there are a lot of other groups that are out there that will tell you, you don't need to do a thing about sin. We don't even talk about that. There's not, no such thing called sin. As long as you think about yourself and you think about your inner healing and you think about what you can do for yourself and be the better person you are and and what a what a strong person you are on the inside and how much faith you have and how much faith you have in yourself or how much faith you have in what you can do. You're just going to discover who you are. The truth is, people who give themselves to Satan will become more and more blind and the delusion will only get stronger and stronger. Truth alone can set a person free. If we just come to God and come to Jesus just for healing and come to Jesus just for miracles, come to Jesus just for financial gain, come to Jesus just to get something solved, let me tell you, it's not going to happen. Without treating your inner person on the inside, God is interested in you. 
He is interested in you. God is interested in saving you, in delivering you, not just giving you a loaf of bread when you say, I'm hungry. But whatever disease on the inside that needs to be healed, if you're dying from cancer, God is interested in treating that spiritual cancer so that you don't die. He's not interested in just giving you, I just give you some B12. You know, you get some kind of uh, deficiency there. I'll just give it that and leave the rest. God is not like that. Oh, I'll give you, I'll give you some cream cheese. You like cream cheese, I'll give you that. Oh, I'll give you some hot chocolate. You like that. There are people who come for different reasons. Interesting, isn't it? For some of you, it may not even be interesting because that's all you know. But being on the other side where I see miracles every day and also I see the hearts of people because the call of God that God has placed upon my life and because of my walk with God, intimate walk with God, I see the hearts of people and many times it burdens me deeply. The motive of why they come to God is so sad and in many cases it's sickening. Grieving. They just so desperately go after God or seek God for this long. They want to get something. They want to use God. They want to use Pastor Kirva. They want to use Elbeth International Ministry. Say, I'll just come and I'll just get this and go. Then why should I then come after that? Well, this is something that the Lord clearly told me to tell the church. I used to be very um, soft and tell the people that I'll call you and anybody, everybody who calls. There was a season where God extended so much grace. Night and day, call, uh, not, not call, take calls, I should say, from every single, whoever it is, wherever we ministered, you know, in over 35 states. All the calls that came, my this, uh, my that hurt, and people with fractures got healed, and people with all kinds of things got healed. You know what? But they get that, and after that, they turn their backs on the living God. They become unfaithful to Jesus Christ. So much they receive. These are like the people who all came during the, the meetings of Jesus Christ. They all came. They all sat there. They're just waiting. When is my turn? I can just get what I need to get and I go home. But real integrity in listening to his words. What is he preaching? If you look at Jesus' ministry, Jesus' ministry was not just come here, open the eyes of the blind and open the ears of the deaf and give them bread and fish and, and all kinds of things and I make you feel happy and I go home now. There's a real person on the inside, the soul. That's on the inside. And this real person on the inside, if you don't feed that real person, that real person will die. Jesus cares about the real person on the inside. He really cares about the real you. Not just the superficial things, because they don't matter at all if the real person has not been touched by God. But when the real person is touched by God, Whatever goes with the real person matters to God as well. 
It's never the other way around. There are times God has done miracles, and I've seen a lot. And um, God has done tremendous things in the lives of people. Many people who just came at the beginning stages, they will see. God do many things, but it's all to get to the heart of that person. But when the heart of the person still goes after the things of the world and not God, then at that point, we know that they're going to be like Lot. After receiving all these things from Abraham, Lot chose his way and Lot was gone. Well, Lot had a lot of riches, but you know what? He lost his wife. He lost his daughters. He lost the best that God had. At the end, you look at Lot. Lot's name is nowhere to be found after that Lot's life was over. You don't see the generation of Lot flourishing. It's all gone. On the contrary, you look at Abraham, a man who sincerely followed God. To this day, we know who his descendants are. God has kept his word. He kept his word to a man who kept his word to God. That's what covenant is. That's what covenant relationship is. So when you come here to our church, the emphasis we place here is, and that which God has placed in my heart, in my spirit, is on the God of the house of God. That's what El Bethel means. El Bethel means God of the house of God. The house of God exists because of the God of the house of God. We have this house because we have people in this house. If you take people away from the house, it becomes an abandoned home. The house of God is not a house of God if you don't have the God of the house of God who's the head of the house of God. If the God of the house of God is no more there, then it becomes something else, not the house of God. The focus of this house of God is the God of the house of God first, then the house of God. We can't say we focus on the people and and not take care of the house of God. We can't say we focus on the people here and then keep the whole place moldy and and full of germs and virus all over and all kinds of chaos. No. Both are important, but one takes priority over the other. You cannot neglect the first one and go after the second. But if you're taking care of the first one, then you will take care of the second one. The order has to be right. That's the point here that the Spirit of the Lord wants to drive home today. God of the house of God takes preeminence over everything. And next is the house of God. And that has to be taken care of. Both are very important. So when you look at the God of the house of God and the house of God in itself, If you're going to receive anything from the anointing of God that God has placed upon this house of God and upon the servants of God and and you come here for healing or come here for deliverance, you must be willing to be under the anointing of this house of God. That means you want to receive the blessings that God has, then you should give yourself over to this God of this house of God. You have to be faithful to God. Never think that I want to just get something and just run away, because that's not going to work. When people come with that motive, I'm just coming here for one time, and I'll just get my healing, and then I'll just go, I'm not going to come here. 
Well, people know how to really, really go for their follow-up appointments. They really know how to go for their checkups. They know how to go for their routine work. And they know how to stay in one school. They know how to put in their children in one school. They know that. They can do that. They don't say, well, my child attends wherever she wants to. So she is in this school today. And by two hours of being in that school, she feels that there's another school that has more, so she runs to the other school. Then by the day is over, she's gone to two schools, and at the end of the third day, she tries to go to the third school. It doesn't work that way. How many of you have your kids enrolled like that? Five different schools or six different schools. One day, one school. Tuesday, one school. The Wednesday, one school. Oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Wherever you are, you have to be there, be committed, receive, and reproduce. It's important. That's what education is. When you go to school, you receive from your teacher and you reproduce that knowledge. When the exam comes, you show whether you learned or not, whether you did your homework or not. Nobody's going to go to the school and say, well, I'm going to go and teach the teacher now. And a student who thinks that they know more than a teacher is not smart, has a big head and doesn't know anything. That's the truth. But a student who comes and says, I got to learn whatever the teacher says, I'm going to do whatever homework is given, I'm going to do. And whatever the teacher teaches, I'm going to get it. I'm going to look at the textbook and I'm going to see all the things that I need to study. And if I have to get extra homework and extra work, I'm going to go ask the teacher. And that student who masters whatever has been given will become an expert in that. Now, whether it's math, whether it's science, language, whatever it is, handwriting, whatever you really give yourself over to, you really become good at it when you put your heart and soul into it. It's called diligence. It's called integrity. You go there and you do that. Same thing with sports. I mean, if you think that, well, I'm going to have this coach there and that coach there and I'm going to go here, there. and No, same thing with driving. You get on a road, you stay on that road. You can't say, well, I'm going to be on this road and on that road Two minutes here, three minutes there. Two minutes, I'm on my way to Connecticut and three minutes after that, New Jersey. And four minutes after that, you know, Maryland. No, you can't do that. But when it comes to the things of that, how in the world do people think that it is possible? Deceiving themselves all over the place. No wonder they are sick, weak, unproductive. There are some who come, they say, I'm coming for this, but I have my own this and so and stay there. But if you want to receive healing and deliverance, you want to receive that which God has for you, which you want to, and you say that I'm not getting anywhere else than I want to get it, then be committed. You need to be willing to come and listen to the word of God and grow. Give yourself over to the word of God and grow. Be committed to the word of God. Give priority to the presence of God. Give priority priority to God. If you don't give priority to God, and just, I'll do, this, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll see where I can get a quick fix, and I'll see where I can go this and what. Well, you'll be a wanderer for the rest of your life. It's not going to work that way. But when a person is committed, that commitment has to be there. They want to be blessed by the anointing of God that is here, that be committed to that anointing of God. If you want to receive from that anointing of God, then be part of it. Be there. 
to receive it. If you are not there to receive it, don't expect some magic to happen. Some prayer on the on the side or after the service one time and that one time business won't work here because God sees the hearts of men. It's not going to work. If you don't have a commitment to following Jesus Christ, if you don't have a commitment to being in the presence of God, but you just want to get something and run away, well, God won't encourage those who try to exploit his kingdom, his servants, his house, his presence, and his anointing is not that cheap. And so we have to understand that, that integrity at the core has to be there. If, you're, if you want anything from God, you should be willing to do whatever God tells you to do. Which is being in the presence of God, hearing his word, and being a doer of his word. That's very important. So when you look at Elijah, the servant of God here, yes, he was a human being, but was he an ordinary human being? No. He was a man of God who walked with God, who was called of God, anointed by God, appointed by God. He was a man who was called of God, anointed by God, appointed by God, who carried the power of God. Why? The secret is here. He was someone who was righteous. You cannot serve God without being righteous. There are a lot of people who are not right in their in in their lives, where their minds are crooked. Because they are crooked and their heart is after the things of the world, their heart is after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Whoever they look at, they will look at it from the same way. Whatever person they see, they'll think like how their corrupt minds are, how their corrupt minds operate. They think the rest of the world is operating like that, including the people of God. We have to be very, very careful with these things because evil spirits, that's how possess the minds and hearts of people. Now you look at the prophet of God. He was a righteous man of God. Whatever he did was like how Jesus did, which is, Jesus said this. My father always hears me because I do that which pleases him. How many times in the day? All the time. Because his life is righteous, whenever he opens his mouth and he speaks, God hears like that and he answers. God answers so speedily because the life is righteous. That is the first thing. When you look at Elijah, his life was righteous before God. Then, when he prayed, his prayer was very earnest. That means he didn't just come and say, oh, God, God, help me in. I need to get this and and look at the time and um, it's not happening. I got to go do other things. No. He prayed until he saw it happen. You'll see that in 1 Kings. Many people, you know how they are? You call them flaky people. Don't have the character to persevere. Don't have the character to endure. Big talk. Big desires. But will not have the integrity to do what God has told them to do. Will not. 
They do a little bit and they'll claim like we did, they did everything. And they'll say it didn't happen. It won't happen. It won't. Unrighteousness will not get you anywhere in the kingdom of God. Lack of faith will not get you anything from the hand of God. When you look at Elijah's life, and I'm going to take you to specific scriptures because the topic that the Holy Spirit brought to me and the message, the heart of the message that the Spirit of God brought to me for tonight to give to God's people just a few minutes ago was the power of God that shuts the door and opens the door. No man can do that. No man can shut the door that God alone can shut and no man can open doors that God alone can open. But his prophet can. You know why? Because his life was righteous before God. That righteousness is very important. God says in his word, don't you know that the unrighteous don't inherit the kingdom of God? How about getting anything? Like I said, God will do. When you come in the beginning and say, I want this, I want that, and he'll give you to show his goodness, but he will not embolden or empower anyone in their evil way. To draw someone in, God will touch them. You call that the mercy of God. To bless someone, God will show them his power. You call that the grace of God. Beyond that, if you take them, you say that, well, I go there and I get it. So when I need to get it, I'll go there. When I get it, I'll go a different way. God is not going to cater to that. So that has to be understood by every single one here. And also when you invite people. Should be willing to do that which God tells you to do. Naaman was told to immerse himself seven times in the Jordan River. Until he did that, his leprosy was not healed. Just because he went to the land of Israel doesn't mean that he got healed. Because he touched the soil where God has proclaimed it to be a holy God. No. Or he just went and stood before. The prophet of God doesn't mean that he went to the house and so now he's healed. No. God told the prophet of God not even to see Naaman. Don't see him. Just tell this through this person. God leads his prophets in very, very, very unique, specific way. Prophets are people who are not there to please men, but to please God. If you are here thinking that your emotions need to be catered and the me, myself, and I need to be catered and this is how it should be, you'll be sorely disappointed in this church. It doesn't happen that way. When the Spirit of God leads, it'll be a blessing for you. And feeding your me, myself, and I will only kill you and God will not do that. And that's what God did for Naaman. He said, I'm going to, Deal with that first. Made him eligible to get his 
healing and you call that the love of God. The deeper leprosy that was on the inside was brought out so that that can be healed first, which was pride. He had faith, but faith and pride won't go together. So God had to deal with his pride first. When that was healed, he became a good candidate now to receive his healing. Now, just because he said, okay, I'm going, doesn't mean that he got healed. No, he had to go to the river. He had to immerse himself, not once, seven times. Then he saw, because that was the instruction. So every single person, when an instruction is given, when you take it, you live. When you don't take it and try to do a little bit and think that I'm getting, I'll get something because uh, I'll take the the shortcut that is there and you think that it'll work, it won't work. You'll just be deceiving yourself. So that power to shut the doors of the heavens and to open the doors of the heavens, God alone possesses that. We need to understand that. Only God. But those who have that intimate walk with God, which means, you know, a lot of times people hear the word intimate walk, intimate walk, intimate walk. They just think that intimate walk is like, oh, Jesus, I love you. Like, what's she feeling there? No. Intimate walk is living a righteous life before God, having the true love for God, which will lay down its life. I just say I'm just laying down my life. And any little thing comes, it becomes a big thing. And that big thing will keep you from that which God wants you to do. And say, oh, my this and my that, and I'm not able to do this because my this, that means your my this and that is your idol. Because ultimately, Satan was able to use your my this and my that to keep you from doing the will of God. But those who truly have laid down their lives for God, that might this and might this, that will not keep them from doing the will of God. That's the difference there. You see, many prophets were there in the land of Israel. Many God killed. When many God killed, Satan was very happy. He said, hey, look at my power. Look at that. I was able to kill all these prophets there. Where is Jehovah now? And this one fellow is left. And Satan didn't know that there were 7,000 that were there who did not bow their knees to Baal. And there were hundreds of prophets that were preserved by God. Nevertheless, the enemy went after prophet after prophet after prophet to kill. Now the life on earth doesn't end here. If God allowed some to be taken, they've gone into glory. But you look at the prophet Elijah. See, in order for him to be there to get the job done, God knew that this man will get the job done, not the other one. So he kept him there and he spoke to him. This man was the one, even if you put him by the... Brooke all alone sitting there for a long time. He will sit there. The ravens come and feed him. He will sit there by himself. He's not going to say, oh my God, I can't believe I am not around human beings and I'm going crazy and how long I'm just be sitting by this place where it's all dryness and drought everywhere and I'm so hot and sweaty and why me God? These people are rotten people and they deserve this and I'm your servant and I should be in a cool place and I should be this and that. No, no, no. 
Elijah was a man. Even though he had feelings and he can feel temperature and he can be thirsty and he can be hungry and and as human beings created to be around people, Elijah was a man very different. He walked with God. He carried the anointing of God. His life, his passion, everything was very different. Because the whole desire of Elijah was changed because he fell in love with God, who became the love of his life. And we have God with everything. His own who had power with God. Because of that, he was able to open the heavens and close the heavens. Because of that, he was able to bring rain and withhold rain. He had that power. Yeah, God showed it, but through whom? This man went and spoke the word, and after he spoke the word, it did not rain. And the Lord said, go tell. And he said, it happened. A man who was righteous, and also he had this earnest prayer. How much he would have cried for his people. How much he would have prayed earnestly for his nation. How much he would have prayed. How much he would have prayed. He prayed. And he prayed and he prayed until he saw the results. So we see here that this man of God, Elijah, who had this power with God to bring rain, to withhold rain. That means when he spoke, those words carried power. Same thing with Elisha, the prophet. When he spoke, those three bears came, female bears came. And they took care of those who were inspired by demons and rose against the prophet of God. How can that happen? A man who was just like us, but he spoke. Bears out of nowhere came. Who has the power to do that? God. But if a man, he says something and something happens. Something happens and it happens right in front of their eyes. The power that God alone has, someone here obviously carries it. The bears came. Look at Peter. The Old Testament. The apostle of God. Only God can kill and make alive. But Peter raised a little girl from the dead. Peter also pronounced death over two people. And the bodies were taken out right in front of the people. How can that person who is just an ordinary person just like us can have that power? Because these were people who lived Righteous lives. Righteous lives before God. Who prayed earnestly for the people. Who did whatever God told them to do. Who gave their lives completely over to God. And became God's representative on earth. Carrying the power of God. Walking. It's not like how in other religions they say, oh, this person got mad and then... They said something and 
and something happened, that person got mad, and this is not the place where somebody has some power and they use it whenever they want to, when they get crazy, a whole bunch of people die, and no. The people who really walk with God, who really carry the real anointing of God, they live under that anointing 24-7. When the Spirit of God moves them, that's when, whether life occurs or death occurs. That means it's God who is doing it. When a blessing comes and a prophecy comes, it's not someone else making it up or someone else saying it or they're wishing it and because they're wishing it, it's happening now. It's God himself who is upon them. That's what the anointing is, the power. Who's actually pronouncing that blessing or pronouncing that curse. And that's why whoever goes against it goes directly against God himself and come directly under that curse. So you look at Elijah, his life was righteous before God. If someone says, well, I'm serving God and, and they're not righteous, we will question that. At that point, what is using you will be made obvious. As Jesus said, if a tree bears, if a tree is good, it'll bear good fruit. If a tree is bad, it'll bear bad fruit. By the tree, you will know whether it's good or evil. A person's life and doctrine is very important. And we saw this in our life training school. How you distinguish true versus false, real versus fake, true miracles versus false miracles, and true miracles versus satanic miracles, which are real to some extent, because he tries to copy how do you know something is from God? How do you know? A devil can suddenly cause fire to come somewhere. Can we say that, oh, this is God and go do whatever is being told? No. Our hearts must be turned towards the living God. Your life must become holy. Your motive has to be purged. And when God speaks something, when the Spirit of God says something, there's no room for me, myself, and I, and there's no room for a person to say, oh, maybe... Um, maybe they did something or he did something or she did something or I did something or maybe no no if that's the case then really pay close attention to it maybe you all did something God is addressing it pay close attention to it how long will you walk between two opinions said the prophet of God what do you think said it he just looked at them and yelled at them it was God speaking through him at that point all ears must be open and that question has to go deep into every single heart, every single year that hears, because it's God Almighty speaking. Have we come to that place of understanding that it is God Almighty who's speaking? Or do we still play games saying that I take promises when it comes from God, or when it comes to instruction, when it comes to rebuke, we think that oh, it's not for me, it's for somebody else, and it's if it's not for somebody else, it's for somebody else. Every heart has to be sincere before God. So, it comes down to this. In your life, for your door to open, you make sure you live a righteous life. In your life, for some door to be closed, make sure you don't play games with God. Very important. Never treat the house of God cheaply. Never treat the servants of God Cheaply. One thing will not happen. One thing that 
will not happen in a true house of God on the lives of true servants of God is you cannot buy them with money. You cannot buy them with gifts. You cannot buy them with any kind of favor. If God says they receive, God says don't receive, they won't receive. You cannot buy your way into heaven. You cannot buy your healing with anything. You cannot do anything via shortcut means. You can't. God is looking for one thing which is integrity. God is looking for one thing which is integrity. I want to repeat it again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. God is looking for one thing which is integrity. If you want to get something from Jesus, make sure you stay with Jesus. If you want to get something from Jesus, make sure you will commit yourself to following Jesus. If you want to get something from this house of God, if you want to get something through the anointing of God that God has placed over this house of God, when I say this house of God, it cannot be separate from the servants of God because the anointing comes from them. If you want to receive anything from the anointing of God that is upon the servants of God, you must be someone who is committed to following Jesus Christ. You must be someone who is committed to obeying his word. You must be someone who is committed to being real in the presence of God. Committed to being in the presence of God. Without that, it will not work. So you look at the power to open doors and the power to close doors. God alone has and God works through his servants that God has placed. And it's important to know Elijah shut the doors of the heavens the rain is supposed to come and he opened the doors of the heavens where the rain came down. And you also see Noah. When God shut his door, the ark that Noah built, where after which no one was able to go inside. When God closes, no one can open that. When God opens, no one can close. No matter how hard you bang and you try to open it, that door will not open for you if God has closed it. God is speaking very clearly at this hour. If there's a curse on you, if there's a curse on your family, some people can say, I don't believe in Christ. I mean, because you don't believe there's a son doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. You're just blind. If there's a generational curse, if there's a curse from God, if there's a curse from human beings, if there's a curse from whatever it is that you got yourself into, don't you ever think by any shortcut means it's going to go. You have to be someone who's committed to God. Make sure you line up with the will of God. Otherwise, that door will not open. If a door is closed in your life, no matter how hard you try to bang on it, that door will not open for you. It will not open because only God can open. In order for that door to open up, you must be someone who sincerely seeks God. Sincerely. Sincerely seeking God is not becoming religious all of a sudden. Oh, I fast three times a week and now oh, I go to church. Oh, I wear white, I wear jewelry, I wear no jewelry. I, you know, none of these things will work. Being religious is Far from being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have a religious spirit and go straight to hell. Religious spirit will take you to hell. 
As a matter of fact, it will take you to hell. But truly walking with God will give you life. Doing the will of the Father. That means if God says, get rid of A, B, and C, which is in your nature, that you have become so one with, which is evil, get rid of that. We say that all, all the time, it's me, myself, and I, and, and I don't want to even talk about it, and it's all the time, it's this, and, and well, if you don't want to get your me, myself, and I, then your door will be shut tight for you. The door that God opens, no man can close. There are people who are scared all the time. Oh, I don't know what will happen if this door is closed. Did God open the door for you is the question. If God opens that door, no demon on earth can close it. No human on earth can close it. God alone can close it. He has the power to give and he has the power to take back what he gave. So make sure whatever you receive from God, Make sure you're faithful to God. Don't become treacherous against the living God who gave you your healing, gave you your blessing, gave you your job, gave you your license, gave you your prosperity. If you came to this house of God and you've received so much, then you turn your back against the living God. Let me tell you this. Whatever God has given to you will become a curse for you. On this February 2nd, the Spirit of the Lord wants me to say that loud and clear so that everybody hears that. If you receive things from God and you turn your back against the living God and you become a friend of Satan, you turn your back against the living God by your actions, by your words, by your mannerisms, by your living, by your conduct, you become a partner of darkness. All the blessings that came from God will become your judge. They will judge you. They will condemn you. It will become a curse for you. So never think we can just come and get some things from God. We need to exploit. You know, there are a lot of people who take in hundreds and hundreds of hours. Hundreds and hundreds of hours. Received countless number of miracles. Turned their backs against the living God. They thought they can get this and go somewhere else and Feed that me, myself, and I, and partner with Satan. They will not prosper. They will not. You know why? You cannot take that which God has given to you and use it against him. You cannot take that which God has given to you and use it against him. doesn't work that way. Imagine how wicked a person should become. Yet people justify themselves. God is speaking at this hour. One thing every single one here must understand. Your hearts must be loyal towards God. Let my heart never be divided. Let it be loyal to you, oh King of Heaven, all the time 24-7. Don't be a double-minded person. A double-minded person will be unstable in all his ways. You look at Elijah, he closed the heavens and he opened the heavens. You look at Noah and his family, they were inside. God shut the the door to the ark. God has a power to shut and God has a power to open. 
You look at Daniel, God shut the mouths of the lions, but then you also see in Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, that Daniel shut the mouths of the lion. Yes, God shut, but he shut it through the prophet of God, Daniel. And so when you look at God's word, God alone has the power to open and close, and he gives that power to those who have power with him. That means the whole me, myself, and I is gone, emptied out. And who are living moment by moment to accomplish the will of God. Yes, they have power with God to shut and to open. But when will that be in operation? And for who will that be in operation? According to the will of God. According to the timing of God. As God sees. And in this month of February, the Spirit of God is bringing this again. God will open doors that no man can open. God will close doors that no man can close. Make sure you don't play games with God. Make sure you don't play games with God. Make sure you don't play games with God. Make sure you are committed to the living God. I'm going to take you to the next couple of passages quickly and we are going to finish just for you to see the the scriptures because I actually, through the Spirit of God, shared you the instances here. So you're going to just see the scriptures that you can go home and you can read it yourself. You can meditate on it and take the word that God has given for you personally and apply it. So let's go to Genesis chapter 7. And I will read verse 11 onwards, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on the day, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah and Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, and all the three wives of his sons with them, entered the ark. They and every beast after its kind, all cattle after their kind, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, every bird of every sort. And they went into the ark to Noah, two by two, of all flesh in which is the breath of life. Do you believe this is a question that God is asking you today? Do you believe that this really happened? Do you believe that? All these animals came to Noah. Do you believe this? You know, when the ark was built, God gave this great project to Noah and through Noah to his family and all of them believed him and they all worked together. And this ark was built with the understanding that Noah, his family were going to go in and the people who all listened to Noah were going to go in. With that understanding, the ark was built and God had Noah build that ark for that purpose. So Noah was there preaching morning and evening and morning and evening and every day for many, many, many years. While this ark was built, he's preaching and preaching and preaching. Get in the ark, get in the ark, get in the ark. So the ark was made for whom? Not just for animals in Noah's family. It was made for all those who perished. It was made for them. It was made for them. It was made for them. But you know what? They never made it in because they didn't believe. When Noah built the ark, he didn't think that, oh, I'm just building the ark so all the animals in the world can come in. He was given a specific job to do for the saving 
of his family, for himself and the people. Imagine, as he's building and nobody is listening. If a person is not walking with God, you know what they'll do? They'll think, oh God, why am I even building such a big ark? Why can't we just build something small for eight people? Why are we straining so much and suffering so much and, and, and toiling so much? We need to do all these things. Eight people doing all these things. Well, there's a lot of angelic activity there that happened at that time. That's what I see. While this ark was being built, lots of angelic activity taking place because this is God's project that is taking place in the human race so that a generation that will walk uprightly before God will arise. While this work is going on, whatever they needed was provided by God. But they had to work. They had to put everything together. They had to bring everything piece by piece. You know how diligent Noah's wife would have been and his sons and the daughters-in-law in putting all these things together? And you know how much faith they had to finish this project? And that's why they entered in. That's why they entered in. They were fit to go in. Because they believed in God's work and they partnered with it. Look at the disappointment when you build such a big thing so that the people can enter in. Not a single soul outside the family believed. Not a single soul. Look at the agony that Noah would have had and God would have had. The Bible says God was so grieved. Imagine how much God would have wept over the destruction that human beings chose. They chose death over life. When this ark was made for them, they said, we don't want it, we don't want it, we don't want it, we don't want it. Now the flood is swallowing them up and they're saying, help me, help me, help me. But the door to the ark is shut. Don't you be in that place. When the call of God comes and God says, now is the time, now is the time, now is the time. Don't say tomorrow, tomorrow, later. I don't believe it's going to happen. And and when that happens, you won't be able to get out. Because when it is today, you laugh. Tomorrow when you cry, your cries won't be heard. When today is the day when God is calling and he's urging you to come and you laugh at it. Tomorrow will be a day when you will cry, but your cries won't be heard. The water and the mire that you chose to embrace will drown you. It'll drown your voice. It'll drown your tears where your cry and your tears won't be heard. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, you'll laugh and mock at wisdom today. Tomorrow when you cry, wisdom will mock at you. God is speaking at this hour. The two bears that came, female bears that came to devour those who partnered with Satan were commanded by God to come. God commands, God sends, yes. God sends, you call that the judgment of God. The moment Peter, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, spoke death over the wicked who were inside the church who lied to the Holy Spirit himself 
which was lying to the apostle of God. The spirit of death came, commanded by God, came. The moment the word went out of the mouth of the apostle of God, took that person down. Now, medically, they can say cardiac arrest or stroke or whatever it is. Whatever it is, it came and took, not one, two people down. The two people were the two people that corrupted those who were there. When a rotten apple is there, it's going to cause the rest to become rotten. You remove that rotten out. You call that purging. It is very important for you to know. Being in the house of God is a serious thing. It's a serious business. If you're really in a place where God is working, such as our place. Well, you see the book of Acts come to life here. You see the book of Acts come to life here. It is important to be under the blessing of God and not under the curse of God. When God opens the door, it's open. When God closes the door, it's closed. We have to have reverence for the presence of God. We need to have reverence for the house of God. We need to have reverence. That fear has to be there. I'm like amazed when people don't have fear. Just ramble anything and everything in the sanctuary, in the house of God. Then you have some kind of fear when you're there. What you must speak and what you should not speak. If you're walking with God, you'll have that fear of God spontaneously inside of you. The reverence for the servants of God has to be there. If you're walking with God and have any kind of sense of the presence of God and the anointing of God, that fear of God automatically will be there. You won't just speak loose. It's very important. Many people don't have that because they haven't seen the real thing and they don't even know what it is. They don't have a clue of it. But especially when you walk through these doors, that fear of God has to be there. When you walk through these doors, understanding the power of God and doing what God tells you to do has to be there. Obedience to the word of God has to be there. Otherwise, no one will preach and preach and preach and his family will do whatever they know. All of them will enter the ark. You will drown. Sit and mock all you want. Oh my God, unbelievable these people are. Is killing themselves and building something. But while they're building, they're building the vision that people need to go and people need to go. And you know what? The ark was filled. The ark was filled. Jesus said this parable. The invitation was sent to all the people who were invited. Mr. Smith, Mrs. whatever. Everybody had the invitation. And the Worker goes there. The king's appointed person goes there. He says, you're invited for this banquet. You're invited for this banquet. You're invited for this banquet. They all were invited. You know, each one said, I'm busy. Thank you so much. But unfortunately, I can't come. Thank you so much. But I have this. This is more important than this. Each one gave excuses. Well, their foolish hearts didn't understand that. They were depriving themselves of the big opportunity that has come. What happened? None of them got to see even the king's banquet. They didn't come in because 
they made the choice not to come in. They said, we have better things to do. We have better things to do. Go. Go. Better things to do. Go. Go your way. Then, the king said, this house has to be filled. It can't be empty. It can't be empty. It can't. That's the same story that happens even today. For every rotten apple that is removed, and for everyone who despises the presence of God, God will replace it with something that's far better. Even if it is a zebra, it'll come in. A camel will come in. If a human doesn't come in, a lion will come in, a tiger will come in. Yes. They all came to where Noah was. Noah didn't have to go around, you know, with a, with a net over there. Let me just run around. Hey, you know, birdie. Hey, monkey. You don't have the story where all eight of them were going and one was going with a sling and trying to see how he can get one and poor monkey got hurt and they were coming and bringing, putting some uh, turmeric over its wound to put inside and Noah was treating a whole bunch of sick things inside because nobody laid a snare for any creature to be caught to be brought in. No. There are no gimmicks in the real work of God. No gimmicks. When the Spirit of God draws... Oh, lion will come in. It is coming to this house of God, yes. When the Spirit of God draws in, tigers will come in. Oh, they're coming. Yes. When the Spirit of God draws in, the peacocks are coming. Oh, yes, they're coming. When the Spirit of God draws in, the zebras are coming. They are coming. And that ark will be full. At that time, those who were invited and those who refused to come in, those who said, I don't come and they chose not to be in. They will knock. Knock, 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 knock. Please, 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 please. But you know what? When the door is shut, it is shut. No one can open it. There is such a thing called the time of visitation. The Bible says that repeatedly. Know your time of visitation. When the Spirit of God is calling, when the Spirit of God is speaking, make sure you are all ears. When the Spirit of God is calling, when the Spirit of God is moving, make sure you don't knock it. When the Spirit of God is calling, when the Spirit of God is moving, make sure you become a part of it. By doing the will of God, by obeying the voice of God. You know what? But there's this grief that is always there. The grief that Noah had, which carried the heart of God. The grief that God had. When he saw these people who should have been in, they're drowning outside. They can't come in. Because the door is shut. All those were invited for the banquet. They were all outside. And you know what order came in? Make sure none of them were invited first. Do not take part in this banquet. When that decree comes, it's over. Nobody can think that, I'll come at a later time and I will knock. There are people who are still knocking today. Who have despised. Who have spat on the blood of Jesus. Who trampled the Son of God under their foot. Who are like Esau wandering around. Who are like Cain wandering around. Deception through and through. Outside a nice tomb. 
inside full of dead men's bones. God is speaking at this hour. It is very important to know that your time of visitation is here and when that time of visitation comes, you make sure you have that time with God. When the time of visitation comes, don't say, I'll do something else. Lord, I'll come later. Later on, I'll come. No. When God sent the angel to Zacharias in that temple, that was the time of visitation. When God sent angel Gabriel to Mary, that was her time of visitation. It is so important. When God sent the angel to Manoah's wife, that was her time of visitation. There are specific times when God will send. Specific things, specific anointing, specific word, specific things to create, to make a life, to kill. That which needs to be killed in your life so that you can live. You miss out, you miss out. It's so important to not be like Esau. The problem with Esau was he said, Oh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I need food. And so what did he do? He said, this temporary thing is more important for me more than the birthright. And so, take it. You take it. I'll take this. Give this to me. He was a fool. He was a fool. Because he sold it. Now he can never get it back. It's somebody else's. Legally, it becomes somebody else's. What did he sell it for? A porridge. That's all. He sold his birthright. Someone who did not value that which God gave to him. Through the sacrifice that came from Abraham and his father, Isaac, who walked in it and inherited it. We don't just easily get things just like that. You need to be worthy of receiving it and it's important that you stay true. If you're not, become true. God is speaking at this hour. In this month of February, let a deeper work of purging take place in your life. God shut the door to the ark. So those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him. Very important to note here. And the Lord shut him in. This is a good shutting in. When God shuts us in to protect us, oh, it's such a special thing. God made sure he put him in and made sure that he is safe. That's it. God will shut you in. In his safety zone so that no evil can touch you. When that door is closed, no force from outside can touch you. We need that door to be closed. The door where the enemy can have other access to come inside your life, inside your home, inside your marriage, inside your family. The door has to be closed. God has to shut that door tight. But that won't happen until you do what God told you to do. When did God shut him in? When did God shut all the animals in? That means all those who are depending on him. When did God do this? When did this door was shut? When? After the ark was built. After he did everything God told him to do. And God did his part. We saw this in LTS yesterday. A plus B equals C. God did A and C is already given. B is our part. God told Noah to build the ark and the family did their job. God filled the ark with the animals 
God did his job. Now the ark is full. There's not an empty space. Every space that was designed for someone, someone else has taken exactly like how it happened in the banquet. The original invitation that was given for these people to sit there, those seats are now taken by someone else. Make sure no one takes your crown. Make sure. There are no empty seats in heaven. Remember, there are places where certain people should have taken and you have vacancies there. Someone will come and fill it. Before this world ends, someone will come and fill it. Make sure no one takes your crown. It has your name on it. Now, Make sure you run well and finish well and get your crown. Otherwise, that crown will be there with your name on it, but someone will come and take that seat. And at that point, your name will be replaced with someone else's name. That's a tragedy. It should never happen in anyone's life here after you hear this. So take heed and be very careful. I want to take you to one more scripture. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. I will read verse 21, 22. We saw verse 20 yesterday, how Daniel's faith had such an impact on this King Darius. But his faith was so strong, he was expecting to hear Daniel's voice and he actually spoke. He wasn't just talking to the walls, but he was actually talking to Daniel. He's called out Daniel's name and said, Daniel. And Daniel answered. Then Daniel said to, king, to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I've done no wrong before you. In short, he was righteous. God shut the mouths of the lions. How do you do it? He sent his angels. He shut the mouths of the lions. Three things the Holy Spirit is bringing today. The blessings of God that needs to come, that has been shut by God because of your sin. If that door needs to be opened again, then you must do that which you need to do which is put away everything that needs to be put away as the children of Israel had to do. All the prophets of Baal were taken care of by them and the decision to serving God alone was made, had to be made. If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, pick him. Choose him. That was the call that was given. And it was after the choice they made. When the hearts of the disobedient were turned towards the Father, when that was done, is when the door, the rain, opened up again. Make sure that's thoroughly done. Then the doors will open up again. That curse will be removed. You don't do that which you are told to do, that which God has to do, will that happen? If he has closed the door for you because of some kind of a judgment, some kind of a curse that is there, that will not be removed unless you do that which you are told to do. There are no shortcuts in this. That's door number one. And door number two, we see here, is a door of protection. 
God takes his people and he hides them in his pavilion. He takes his people and he puts them in his safety place, secret place, and the door is shut. So that evil may not enter in. And when will that happen? When you do that which God has commanded you to do. When you build the ark and when you do that which God has commanded you to do. When all the animals will come in, have come in and the door will be shut at that point. That means when you follow God faithfully and walk in obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the word that God has given to you through Noah, very important, that people say, God said this, God said this, I feel, they think that they can just walk around and float around independently. I am my own king and I have my own castle. I don't submit myself to any prophet. I don't submit myself to any one that God has placed on me. I am my own leader. Well, you're in delusion at that point. It doesn't work that way in this world. It doesn't work that way in God's kingdom. Every child that's born has to be under the parents and every single one who is working has to be under their boss. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Everybody says, I'll come when I want to come. I'll write what I want to write. I'll draw what I want to draw. What kind of a chaotic place that would be? Just like a school needs a principal, a headmaster, a headmistress, and a classroom needs a teacher. And over the teacher, you need somebody supervising them. All those are needed. Nobody can say, I'm a king in my own castle. And the students too, when they go to class, they can just say, I'll come when I want to come. School is at 8.30. I'll come at 3.30 because I feel 3.30 is good for me. There are people like that in church. Not here. Everywhere. Could be here. The point is, when you pray God, when you say, Lord, I have no regard for spiritual authority because I'm my own authority. At that point, you're walking like a person who has no head. How can you walk? How can you function? You're like a person who has no brain, person who has no eyes. You become a person who has no ears. You become a person who has no mouth. The important thing that is here is not there. Authority is a blessed thing God has placed for us so that we can be protected. Authority is a blessing that God has placed so that we can see. Authority is a blessing God has placed so that we can hear through the ears, through the eyes, through the brain, through the mouth, through the nose. All these are very important. Not just to make yourself look a little prettier. No. It has very unique functions God has placed. And those who despise God's authority are despising wisdom and despising God himself. They say that I play God and I am my own counselor and I do my own thing. Well, go ahead and do it and see how you live. It's important to understand God's authority that God has placed has to be understood and obeyed. Very important. It was followed. In Noah's life, Noah obeyed God, his family obeyed Noah. And all the animals were sent by God to Noah. And all of them served the Lord together, put them all inside. And they all stayed as long as they had to stay. What was the result? Result was they were protected from the flood. They were protected from the judgment. Result was they all came out and they worshipped the living God. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. When you understand this God-given privilege, when you understand this God-given role that God has placed, which is 
to receive that which God has and simply do it. Such a simple thing. Such a simple thing. See, when, when a child is told to just put your plate in the sink, just don't leave it on the kitchen table. The children will happily hop, skip and jump and take that and put it in the kitchen sink and they'll say, I put it, mommy. You can hear that. And some kids, what will they do? They sit there and say, <laughs> their kids are like that. Who will not want to put it there and they'll be sitting and stalling and not finishing their food and, and at the end of the day, the plate, empty plate or plate will have food, but it will still be sitting on that table. You can see, as the Bible says, the nature of children, even when they're young, who is obedient, who is rebellious, who will be quick to obey and who will be rebellious. Our spiritual lives are the same way. If you want God to be blessed, be someone like the child who will hop, skip and jump and be happy and put it because it's for your own good. You do it now, then later you will do it on your own. Nobody needs to tell you, you know, to take it and put it and clean up your mess. But if you become a child, a lazy child, a rebellious child, and I don't want to do it, and why should I do it, and why can't he take my plate, and why can they take my plate, and be someone who will find the fault with every single one in the world except you, you will not prosper. That's the truth. Fault-finding spirit is a demonic spirit. It comes from Lucifer. Rebellious spirit is a demonic spirit. It comes from Lucifer. Spirit of pride is a demonic spirit. It comes from Lucifer. I will not submit to God-given authority. If God speaks through God's servants that the ark has to be built and said, uh, why do we need an ark? Why do we need such a big ark? And why do we do such a small ark? Why, why do we need all these things? For You know, there are hundred different people who try to play God and try to play a counselor to Noah himself who directly hears from God and say, why do we need this? Why do we need that? Why can't we do this? The important thing is to close your mouth and listen, as the Bible says. Slow to speak, quick to listen. Who made you ruler over the very vessel of God that God has placed? Who made you counselor over the very vessel of God that God has placed? That's the dangerous place to be in. You think that you know more and you try to deviate from the plan of God and think that you're going the right way. Very dangerous place to be in. But you look at Noah here, and Noah's family, they exactly did that which God told them to do. They didn't ask, like, why, Lord, you know, such a big thing, and why do we have to do this? No. They did that which they were told to do. Everybody worked together. Oh, when Noah's daughter-in-law didn't say, well, I have a trouble, I have trouble working with my mother-in-law, I'm not gonna work. If you give me something to do by myself, I will do it. I'm not gonna work with her, you know, she's, you know, constantly telling me what to do, and I don't like, if that would have been the case, should have been left behind like Lot's wife. But that family was not a family that was disjointed. It was a family that was together. The family of God, that's how it has to be. Everybody worked together. If the mother-in-law said, bring me that log, she brought that log. If the father-in-law said, bring that water, she brought that pitcher of water. If the husband said or the brother-in-law said, we need this, then she went and got it. If the older brother said this to the younger brother, the younger brother did it. 
everybody did together because the instructions came from Noah. They didn't do their own thing. Well, I think I can do this and I feel this, you know, I can. This will be chaotic and none of them would have made it. The ark wouldn't have been built. Same thing goes in your life. It is important to hear the voice of God. If God tells you something, especially you come for counsel, whatever is told for you to do, 100% do it. If you want to see 100% result. Otherwise, you won't get it. You won't. I tell you today, you won't. Whether it's healing or deliverance or whatever it may be, whatever miracle you're expecting, miracles happen here, not magic. Miracles happen here every single day, not magic. And miracles will happen when you follow that which God tells you to do and your formula is complete. That means that which God has told you to do, you accurately obey, then God will be faithful to do that which God has promised to do. God did it. So the protection that comes from God, that God shuts the door to the enemy, will happen in your life. The door of curse will be removed and the door of blessing will open where you will have the rain that you have been missing for so long. If you do that which the children of Israel did, turned wholeheartedly to the living God and that's from Elijah's ministry. The door of protection that God has for you will be yours if you do that which God has told you to do. By listening to the whole counsel of God and doing that which the Lord has said, you do it. Then you have the door of protection. Then, when you come to the third one, with the enemy that tries to devour the death sentence that Satan brings upon God's people, the door to that is shut when you do that which God has told you to do. Daniel had faith in God. Daniel was righteous before God. Daniel sought the Lord with all his heart. Because of that, he experienced the supernatural power of God. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, by faith, Daniel shut the mouths of the lions. And how did that happen? By his, by his faith in God, like we saw yesterday with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By his faith in God. Faith and faithfulness go hand in hand. By his faith and faithfulness towards God, he was able to release the angels from God who were able to shut the mouths of the lions. There was this divine intervention, a supernatural intervention that took place. If you look at Noah, there was this divine intervention where God shut the door to the ark. If you look at Elijah, there was this divine intervention where God opened the windows of heaven. God closed the windows of heaven. If you look at Daniel, there was this divine intervention where God shut the mouths of the lions through Daniel, he was protected, exalted. His people and the heathen came to know about the living God. God is speaking to our hearts today. On the second day, this month of February, you need to know one thing. There's this continuous theme that is running throughout this message. 
And I hope you really hear it. And I hope you heard it. Which was conveyed loud and clear by the Holy Spirit. Don't play games with God. Don't you do that. Don't you dare do that. Be faithful to God. Whatever God tells you to do. Through whoever God has over you. Make sure you have enough wisdom to do it exactly the way you're told to do. When you do that, you will inherit the blessings of God. You'll be able to remove the curse that is there to the blessings. But never rained, now it will rain. Because the rain wasn't there for a reason. They want the rain to come. You do what you have to do. Secondly, same thing that the Spirit of God brought here with the second Bible character. The protection that comes from God. God protects you from all the snares of the enemy, from all the sorrow and the troubled waters that are around there from death, from the judgment that's taking place all over. This supernatural protection covering. God hides his people in his pavilion. He closes the door to the enemy. The enemy may not enter in. That happens when you obey God and do that which God has told you. That means after everything was done, it's when the door was shut. And you see Daniel's life. When was this divine intervention? When did this angel come? When did the supernatural occurrence take place? When? When he was in the den. Having done the will of God, he experienced supernatural power of God, intervention, divine intervention. You see three types of divine interventions. They all require three things. Common things that we see. Righteousness. Living a righteous life. Living an obedient life. To what God says, they did. They lived righteous lives. Doing the will of God. Means whatever God has told you, simply do it. Living righteous, having the real fear of God, submitting to God, being obedient to God, doing that which told you to do, will cause you to walk through doors that no man can open, will cause the doors that no man can close to be closed so that you can be safe, to inherit the blessings of God. That God alone can bless you with. As we come to a close tonight, I want you to come to a place of decision making. A sober place. A place of solitude. A place of solemnness. 
a place where God is. It's just you and God. Anything and everything around you can dull that voice of God that is speaking to you loud and clear if you allow those voices around you to prevail over the voice of God. God is speaking at this hour. Straighten out the crooked paths. Let a deeper work of sanctification take place in your life. You want to be among those who entered in. In order to enter in, you need to listen and obey and do that which God has told you to do. Be a doer of the word. 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 Let the word of God dwell in you richly by faith. Let the word of God dwell in you richly by faith. Let the word of God dwell in you richly by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Any curse that has to be removed needs to be removed. A door that is closed for blessing needs to open up. You do your part. Adam and Eve got everything so freely. Now the garden was gone and they were sent out. Not only that, they have to eat from the sweat. It comes from their body by toiling, which was not God's original plan. Rebellion. Going against God. Going against the very blesser. Going against the one who has given everything. Being haughty, proud, arrogant, rebellious. Presumptuous, suspicious, evil in short. Will cause you to forfeit the blessing of God. And put you in a place of misery and toil. The Spirit of God says... You can do better than where you are now. You can come out of that misery. But you'll still have to do what you have to do. Eden is gone. But you can inherit the blessing that Isaac inherited by seeing God's hand multiply. And you don't have to eat with sorrow. You can eat the food of your labor without sorrow with it. The curse has to be removed. You do what you have to do. There are no shortcuts to it. If you want the door to blessings to open, do what you have to do. Your heart must be turned fully towards the living God. Don't do like how the Israelites did. They said we serve God. Meanwhile in their actions they were denying God. Don't deceive yourself by saying I am serving God when you are not. If you are then the door will be open for you. Rain will come. 
Make sure you're doing everything that the Lord has told you to do. Make sure if a counsel has come from the Lord through his servant. If it's a prophet, take it very seriously. Because it's the mouth of God that has spoken at that point. Make sure you do it. When you do it, you will live by it. When you make excuses for it, you're going to reap the fruit of it. You make your choice. God wants to cause you to live. God wants you to inherit the blessings of God. God wants you to have that reign. You need to turn towards the living God. Every form of evil must leave your spirit, your conscience, your mind. Every crooked behavior has to go. Every wickedness must depart. Without that, the blessing of God will not come. It will not come. No matter how you justify yourself to say that, I'm doing well, I'm doing God's will. God who sees the hearts of men has your heart in his balance and he finds you wanting. Self-justification, self-righteousness equals self-deception, equals delusion. We'll keep a person in a state of falsehood and lies. It's important to know your true state so that you can move from death to life. And when the Spirit of God speaks, take it and say, Lord, examine me. Lord, examine me. And let the Spirit of God examine you. Without taking the log out of your eye, you will not be able to see. For that you need the Lord. To see what's in your eye. You need the mirror. The word of God. So that you can see what's in your eye. It's important for every believer. To look at their own lives. Look at your own life. If you look at your own life. And if you pursue holiness. And if you look at your own life. And pursue sanctification for your life. You have no time for anything else. Those who really look at their lives. Will have no business. Finding fault with anyone else. They'll be terrified in the presence of God. And they'll work on being sanctified by God. That's true holiness. Those are the people who will be used mightily by God. Once they are sanctified. Thank you Jesus. Father thank you for the word that you gave today. I pray Holy Spirit. That the words that has come to your people today from the mouth of the living God through the mouth of your servant to the ears of your people let it fall on good ground Father that each one may do their part so that every curse be driven out of their lives the doors to the blessings of God may be wide opened let it be opened wide in their lives Father May the door to Satan and every evil force be shut tight by God Almighty in their lives. By their obedience to all that the Lord has told them to do. Let no one end up like how the people 
during Noah's lifetime drowned because of the choices that they made. Then no one chose death over life, Father. But no one choose laziness. For a lazy man will be clothed with rags towards us. But no one be spiritually lazy. That no one look for shortcuts. That every single one here, Father, be diligent, be true, be righteous, be earnest, be obedient to the living God and thereby live. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. May people truly have divine encounters and encounters with the living God by laying down their lives and truly living for God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all these blessings that you've given. That the doors to blessings will be opened by the Lord God Almighty in this month of February to all those who would close their doors to the forces of darkness that they stop partnering with the enemy, whichever area it may be. That every curse in their lives, in their families, in their bodies, in their relationships be removed. By their total surrender to the living God. That each one learn to mind their own business by focusing on their own lives by focusing on their own souls, by focusing on their own spirits, that they be busy in fixing their lives so that they may see the hand of God move upon their lives. Thank you, Lord. Remove every ungrateful spirit. Remove every unthankful spirit. In the name of Jesus, as I see it right now, remove ungrateful spirit and unthankful spirit in Jesus' name. I pray may the hand of the living God continue to work in the lives of the people of God. That they may become everything that you've called them to become. That God may open the heavens for them. God may close the doors for them so that the enemy may not come in. The flood waters may not enter in. God may shut the mouths of the lions for them. We inherit these blessings in this month and beyond by their utter obedience to you. Total surrender to you. By doing that which you have told them to do. Through your servants, 100% and live. With this blessing, I bless your people with this night. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I pronounce these blessings upon your people. That they may live to bring glory and honor to the one 
who wants to prosper them in their spirits, souls, bodies, and minds. And I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your holy name, Lord, your precious word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking very clearly, Lord, how we can have the door to blessing wide open in our lives, the doors that have been closed due to disobedience, Lord, unrighteous thinking and living, that we can have the doors open again, Lord, by being obedient and righteous. The door of protection, Lord, that you give to us to keep us from evil, from evil coming in and spoiling anything in us or our household, the door of protection that you guarantee when we are obedient and righteous in your sight. And Lord, the door that will remove the death sentence. And God will intervene and overturn any curse, Lord, any spirit of death that has come near by our obedient lives and righteous lives, as Noah moved with godly fear in Hebrews chapter 11, Lord, he was warned by you of things that he did not see yet, but he believed, moved with godly fear. He prepared the ark to the saving of his family. And through him shining righteously, he condemned the world. And he became the inheritor of righteousness, which is by faith. Thank you, Lord, for the door to real prosperity in our hearts, in our homes, to know that we're heaven-bound. And Lord, that submission to the God-given authority to not function independently, Lord, with any pride, come under that blessed tutelage, training, real discipleship, following you faithfully, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the golden keys to destroying demons that have moved into people's homes, have robbed people who called by a name because they were not watching, because they were not obedient to carry out every instruction you've given to follow you. They did not make righteousness a priority, but they looked elsewhere and began to judge other people. Lord, I thank you for giving us enough homework to keep us occupied every day so that we can pass the test and go on to the next season of blessing in our lives and usefulness in your hands, O oh Lord. We thank and praise you for the word of God that's come. Examination you've allowed us to uh, do, Lord, and further through the word. Thank you for showing us, Lord, the blessing upon blessing in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for showing us that this is not a place of magic. That things happen on a whim and because of people's wishes, manipulation and satanic works of delusion, magic, deception, temporal promises from Satan to catch the souls in the church who still love money and still love their own pleasure, their own comfort. They want to live in their castle and have God as a servant. To warn us, Lord, clearly, to get off of that self-delusion, wickedness, 
to try to take the blessing from God and run away and rather humble ourselves under Jesus every word to do exactly what you say. Seek for your honor, your glory, not our own. To seek to make you glad and happy as a real Christian, not to seek our own happiness above your will. Thank you, Lord, for showing us the essence of blessing this evening. How to reverse the curse. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us this is the house of miracles. Because the God of the house of God is a miracle-working God. He's a wonder-working God. The conditions are attached for the saving of our souls, along with every earthly blessing, Lord. The main business is that we make it to be with you forever. After and under that comes every other blessing, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for showing us. Noah moved with godly fear, did what you said, and so did his wife, three sons, and their wives. They all obeyed. That's why you said, I've seen you righteous among all the people on the on the earth, in the world. Only you. Family was included because they also were righteous. They were saved. The door was open for their salvation and the door was shut to Satan coming in to spell the salvation. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. With the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.